Welcome back, folks. It's the Uticast, and today it's episode 75. I almost wish we were still celebrating milestones, but that's okay. It's an exciting episode. We are sitting down with Webb and general assignment reporter from the Utica OD, Kerry Bostic sits down to talk to us about journalism and about living in the city. Uh, plus, we're going to be talking about internet dating, history lessons, uh, Japanese fish tanks, uh, California's independent republic, the Utica paving plan, and we're bringing back some old segments. A jam-packed show today, folks. We're happy to have you with us. This is the Utica. scent of that crock pot is just that's true filling the studio crock pot is booming there's a lot of hot sauce in there right now crock pot life here at the studio kevin sullivan also here at the studio kevin what's going on buddy we're here man um crazy day monday had my day off yeah uh found a bunch of water on mars not me personally but they found it today (laughs) they found it It they found a reservoir the size of lake superior and they say it's close enough to the surface that should we ever get astronauts there they'll be able to probably use it so that's pretty crazy. I have to look it up. I'm curious how far we are from actually sending someone to Mars and finding out about it relatively soon. You know what Send, I mean? Like, I feel like we're closer to sending someone. Certainly, we're certainly closer to sending someone than we are to getting someone back. You're right. That's kind of what I feel. That's what I think. Man. That's like, the trick. Right. Well, I saw that Matt Damon documentary where he went to Mars that came out last year where Matt Damon oh, got yeah. stuck on Mars. That yeah, was yeah. a good one. That was a good one. Um, it took a long time to make that one, though. But, I mean, that's the trick. Is like, you know, once you get all the way out there, now you got to get back. And that's the problem. They're even saying about all of these Mars volunteers now. They're like, well, if you go, don't expect to come back. Hmm. Nice to have that Monday off, by the way. The Monday is, this is actually going to be my last Monday off for oh. the foreseeable future. Mm. Um, as there's, you know, we've got some shifts in my department at work, so there's going to be some more responsibilities fall into my plate, and I'm ah. going to probably have to be there on Mondays because they're an important business day. Sure. So it looks like it might be six day weeks for a while mm. for your boy. Six day weeks is rough. I'm really, I've gotten used to these Mondays off after the Sunday. It's nice to have a business day off so I can get stuff done if I need to get stuff done. Or just to have two days in a row is beautiful, but you know. See, I'm, I was suffering today with what you refer to as vacation hangover, which is after you've had a vacation for about four or five days I've been off. I did so much stuff during that period of time that I feel like I need a vacation from what I did during the vacation. Although, mm. I will say this. I had a whole issue on Saturday this week where I thought it was Sunday. So when I woke up on Sunday and realized it wasn't Monday... That must have been triumphant. Oh, man. What a moment. Uh, it really shook me out of my existential crisis, which I need to apologize for last week. Um, I feel like I had been bombarded with the world last week. I was in a bad place, headwise last week, for last week's episode. I didn't I didn't know what to talk about. I had no concept. Was that when we were talking about fake news? Yeah. Yeah, you were dejected. I... I don't know what... That was the first time I've seen you that dejected about something that didn't have to do with a girl. Yeah. In damn near ever. I think... 
I think what happened is in the preparation for last week's show, I just looked around at all like the bile and misery and shit that was just being presented to the like by the world to the world. Yeah, yeah. And I really just got down about. Oh, like, thank God that's all over. <laughs> I know about it, right? Uh, but yeah, thanks to you folks for uh, sitting through my existential crisis last week. We're back. We're back in full swing. Sometimes this whole podcast is just one big existential crisis. That's true. I that's think. True. Well, the existential crisis is the reason the podcast exists. Certainly. You know, my, sure. ex- my existential crisis and my need for creativity, uh-huh. my need for doing something creative and getting it out of my brain. Right. Um, anyhow, let's let's move on from existentiality. Oh, uh, one more thing quick from last week. We oh, yeah. We had a um, dear friend of the show, Ryan Sweet, reached out to me on Twitter, and I didn't see it until a couple days later. Mm-hmm. I felt bad. I was busy with the holiday. But we were talking about conspiracies, and I was talking about, you know, ancient history and, like, you know, lost civilization, the idea that, you know, maybe there's, like, a collective cultural amnesia about things. He had asked if I had ever listened to the Joe Rogan podcast with Graham Hancock and Russell Carlson on mm. it. Um, Ryan, if you're listening, I have. I think it's awesome. I've read a couple of Graham Hancock's books, and, well, he certainly gets taken to task for being pseudoscience by a lot of the scientific mm-hmm. community. Even if, you know, 50% of the stuff he says mm. is on base and true, I think it's an interesting thought experiment, and it's something that keeps me interested, and I think it's nice to think mm. about when, you know, at the end of the day, it probably doesn't matter in my day-to-day life anytime. But... Thank you for the recommendation. Um, I have listened to it, uh, and I think everybody else should, too. It was a pretty cool mm. podcast. Uh, I'll make a quick point about that as well. Uh, Ryan, Ryan is sweet. Had a nice conversation oh, with us on Twitter. Look at that hair in my beard. Oh, that's disappointing. That's got to be from my beard, right? Got to be a beard hair. Has to be. 100,000%. Uh, what else could it be? Um, anyhow, uh, Ryan is sweet. Had a nice... We were talking a little bit about the Joe Rogan podcast on Twitter last week. A nice little interaction. Yeah, yeah. And somebody made a really interesting point. It might have been him. And he basically said, I didn't s- listen to Joe Rogan for a long time because I thought it was going to be bro nonsense. Yeah, and it's, I'll tell you it's, what, he's not. No. It took me a long time to, like, flip to the other side with Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan yeah. is a little bit of an off-putting dude for a lot of people. A lot of yeah. things he comes from working so heavily in UFC. I think UFC gets probably unfairly mm-hmm. stigmatized a little mm-hmm. bit for being very, like, jockey and meatheadish or whatever. He's a really, really smart dude. And yeah. it's tough for some people because he's very aggressive in the way he presents his things sometimes. And he's got, like, a very, you know, puffed-up... Yeah. way of making his points but like that guy is a lot smarter than you would give him credit for and i've read and listened to a ton of stuff that's really thought-provoking from him yeah. on a level that there aren't many people yeah. that really clock in like that yeah i said it last week if you're anything like me if you're interested in conspiracy theories or history or paleontology uh, he has an episode with paleontologist trevor vale which i listened mm-hmm. to a few weeks ago very very good uh i want to show i want to share something with you that happened this morning to me and it's something i think about because i'm a weirdo I was driving this morning from the house to work, and I have to drive over the parkway to get to work. That's so weird. Yeah, weird, right? Is that not the weird part yet? No. Oh. Uh, There was a very intense fog over most of the city this morning. You know what? I saw that, actually. Mm -hmm. I I saw that Mm -hmm. very early this morning. I'm not a creative type, necessarily, in that way, where I where I want to capture visual images. I'm not a photographer. I'm not a filmographer. I'm not, like, a, a, a director or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But something about driving in the fog always makes me want, wish I was shooting a short film. Or, like, yeah. <laughs> or like taking my camera It's out. You know what? I think the older... <laughs> no, I think you're right, because the older you get, the, the harder it is to not be... I don't even want to say jaded, but, like, you've seen a lot of stuff. Even, like, a really breathtaking sunset, something mm. like that. You've seen them a lot of times, and you know a lot of times you're driving home something like that. Now maybe you don't look as much, maybe it just goes by. But something about seeing the streets filled with fog like that is so visually stimulating because yeah. not only is it something that you kind of you rarely see, at least where we live, we don't really get a ton of it yeah. here. That it's like a super regular occurrence. 
But I think also because that's such like um, that's such an archetypical image mm. of you know the fog-filled streets and the creepiness and the early morning gloom and stuff like that. It was pretty crazy out there this morning. Yeah, I, I love it. Did I you hit anybody with your car? No, no, that's a win. If they did, they didn't see it. That's so a win. Nice. Um, and I do want to save some stuff. I guess we'll talk about Thanksgiving and Cyber Monday when Mara gets here. Uh, but there are a few things I just want a quick uh, quick announcement here, a little house cleaning before we head into the show. A uh, couple events I want to let you folks know about. First off, uh, coming up this Thursday, December 1st, at the Dev, uh, starting at 6 p.m. going to 9 p.m., it is the... Uh, the Jingle Jam fundraiser, we did this last year as well. Uh, it's $10 to get in. There's going to be food and music and raffles and giveaways. All proceeds uh, benefit local families through Operation Sunshine. It's a really, really nice thing we've done. Uh, the Jingle Jam was awesome yeah, last was year. Fun, yeah. uh, shout out to Queen Katie Riley, always mm-hmm. doing hard work. Made it happen last year. It's probably going to be even better this year. Remember last year, I think we talked about it on the show, I won that tray of... The drunken, drunken cupcakes, cupcakes yes. from Tim Schramm's aunt or mom or trill old lady that hangs around with him baking stuff. They were really good. So I'm hoping to pull out another big win in the raffle this year. Yeah, big big year for the raffle. I'm very excited. I feel like this is my year. I got slighted last year. I got I got I got nothing. Fat lot of zero. Uh, the other one though, this is not so much an event uh, as it is a promotion that we're running through Made in Utica. And I actually, I gotta be honest, I just learned about this today. And I'm going to sign up for it because I am the worst at picking out Christmas presents. I am the absolute worst. I can never find you presents. You think so? I am terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. I think you're actually pretty good at it. For somebody like you, who I've been friends with for a long time, you and guys like Justin Parkinson, you guys give me a plethora of options that I could go for. I know exactly what sort of alleyways True. I can go. I'm actually in that place with you right now for mm. Christmas. I've got a couple different options and directions I want to go. I'm not a lot sure. Of, yeah, I think I'm going to parlay with your mother and yeah. see what she's got going on. <laughs> well, to be fair... You know, it, but this is my problem for people like my mom, my sisters, my my extended family, who I have a harder time picking out things for. This is a really nice way if you want to support local businesses to get involved. Made in Utica is presenting the 12 Days of Christmas Gift Guide. It's 12 local businesses with ideas for everyone on your shopping list. Uh, carefully crafted only for our email subscribers. So all you have to do to be involved is go to maidenutica.com backslash gifts and sign up for our newsletter. I- I gotta tell you something about the newsletter. I gotta be completely honest with you about this newsletter, right? So we do the newsletter, and it's yes. a huge, it's a huge success, and there's always stuff in it. Now with Made in Utica, you know, I live at more or less the mm. headquarters, not counting the downtown office, and I'm usually privy to all the happenings going on. And there's a lot of stuff, you know, going on, going mm. out. I get that newsletter on my work email, so I see it every week when mm-hmm. it comes out, and I'm still impressed by it every week, yeah. even though like I know what's gonna be in it sometimes, and like I'm used to it, and like it's sort of behind the scenes look. It's always really well put together and there's always some really interesting mm. stuff in there so I've yeah. gotten to the point where I sort of look forward to hearing from it because I mean for me it literally is getting an email from my friends yeah. once a week but it feels like a friend emailing it you is, once a week it is a great plans. it is a great email God, that sounded like a sales pitch but I really meant it's, 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 I swear I to God I and, like. uh, if you're already signed up for our email you're already going to get this anyway and if not all you have to do is sign up you'll get it coming out uh, starting on December 1st You'll get um, an email featuring one business for 12 straight work days um a lot of businesses involved, Bagel Grove, Lava Spa, Off Center Records, Sweet Escape, Taylor and the Cook, Topping Tree, Tiny's, Greenscapes. There's more, more, more. Uh, go to website, check out the whole list of all the uh, companies that are available. This is a nice way for somebody like me who is terrible at picking out general gifts. Not only can you pick out nice, personalized gifts for people, but they'll also be supporting local businesses. As Katie pointed out in the article, did you know that every $100 you spend at a locally owned business, $68 of that stays in our community? Just something to keep in I mind. I love it. 
something to keep in mind. Uh, all right. That's uh, that's all the housekeeping I have for today. You want when Mara gets here, how much we're we gonna talk about Thanksgiving? You think? Very little. Okay, because I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell you quick. Uh, your mom's stuffing that she sent back mm. to the house mm-hmm. is some of the best stuffing that I've ever had in my entire life. It's funny. And I feel bad because you know I know you love stuffing, and I'm sure you must love your mom's stuffing. And I felt bad because I went in on that stuff. No, I give her a hard I give her a hard time for it to be totally honest because I don't think it's safe to cook the stuffing inside of the turkey. This is an argument that me and her have all the time. She cooked that stuffing inside the turkey, and I don't think that's chill. I think that's what people do. I think that's what people traditionally do. Right. But the problem is, and I swear, okay, right, I don't mean to go off on a tangent, the stuffing and the turkey cook at two different times. So what you either have is a turkey that's cooked and an undercooked stuffing that's full of turkey juice and is probably going to make you sick, or an overcooked turkey full of stuffing that's edible, but the turkey's dry. That's the problem I've noticed. So, your mom cooks the stuffing inside the bird? I guess. And she's been doing that for how many years now that you've been eating her Thanksgiving? Just saying. How many times have you got sick off the turkey? That's not... I get sick off the <laughs> Sick <laughs> off the turkey, bro. You're, I think you're a little bit too uh, You're a little bit too shy with food expirations. I'll see you, like, you'll put something in the fridge, it'll be a day later, like, well, this must be crap. I'm like, that's not... Not even thawed yet. What do you mean? Anal retentive, bro. I think I you're just you're a little scared of food poisoning. I'm a little scared. A little shook. I've had enough food poisoning to know I don't like it. Did you ever think that maybe somebody's just poisoning your food? Yeah, that could be a big part of it, actually. If he was trying to get rid of me. I got another, I got a lot of exes, so you know what I mean? Shout out to my exes. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back in just a minute uh, with Mara. She's just hanging out in the green. I mean, not like not tons of people, I've but enough that. people, yeah. I've heard it, yeah. Yeah. They come at me too. I buy that a little bit. People come at me with that baloney about baloney <laughs> being baloney, and I think that that's baloney. I do think. You're welcome. I, you're, thank you. Uh, well, I'm done for the segment. <laughs> that's it right there. I do think that baloney, much like chicken tenders, has been co opted by children. So inherently, when you say bologna sandwich, chicken tenders, you think of like a little kid's lunch or like a kid's menu item. I do always get made fun of for picking chicken nuggets, mm. but it's the, the same chicken nuggets choice. are delicious. They are delicious, and I, it's protein. I agree that we've got to do something about the children. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's true though. There's a lot of foods like I love peanut butter and jelly. I would eat a peanut butter and jelly every single day, but like it's like little kids' food now, and people sort of sleep on it. Next year for Thanksgiving, we should just do kids kids giving and just do all little kids foods, just mac and cheese. Mac and, and cheese. Yeah, you can do that. I'm going to your mom's house for the stuffing. Mar, how was uh, how was your Thanksgiving? You want to recap it quickly for the listeners? Anything exciting happen? It was pretty horrible. I didn't really, really? have I didn't really have a Thanksgiving. No, no. Why not? I just. I don't know. It's not really something we're good at. We're not good at doing tradition, so... I could have brought you up to Angela's house. She would have given you some that good Thanksgiving dinner. Never, ne- As somebody who says no to that invite every holiday, don't say no to that invite, oh, ever. No. Mm. No. It's, uh, I'll tell you what, your mom really shows out for holidays. She loves a holiday. So you guys, did, so you didn't do anything for Thanksgiving at all? No, I mean, on Friday, my dad was like, 
I made beans. Do you want to come over and talk? <laughs> Be- <laughs> I was beans like, giving. Sure. You know what? Yeah, yeah I do. That sounds together. nice. Um, <laughs> we had beans and cornbread because that's good chatting. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, well, guys, today is actually another one of these Black Friday type days. I didn't realize it until I got 36 emails this morning mm-hmm. from all the things I subscribe to. Today, as we're recording this, it's Cyber Monday. I love it. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, like Cyber Monday is always going to make me laugh a little bit. We said this last year for we? Cyber Monday, yeah. too. It was the it same thing for different. Cyber Monday. As people who grew up in the instant messenger generation, that just sounds like Cyber Sex Monday. It does sound like Cyber like Sex Monday. Like, want a cyber, oh. it's Cyber Monday. Yo, who wants the cyber on Monday? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's all I hear in my head. It's like, what? Just out here hitting people with ASL just in the stores. <laughs> oh, my God. ASL, Stop question it. mark. Stop. <laughs> um, but, yeah, did you do any Cyber Monday shopping? I did. Yeah, smart. I bought out B and H. Yeah, you so. just bought everything. Yeah, I dropped like a grand almost in like twenty minutes. It's mm. terrifying how much money you can spend that fast on the internet. They don't even have you fill out your credit card information anymore. No, they nothing. Like you're laying in bed, you don't even put pants on for the day, <laughs> and you spend seven hundred dollars. <laughs> can I tell you, the Amazon Prime app has this this evil thing. Where you don't even have to click buttons. It mm-hmm. literally is a slide bar. You go. Yep. It goes. Would you like to order this? Slide the bar across, yep. and you go yes. Sounds and that's right. it. You're just swiping right on Amazon. <laughs> yup. And I'm still. Yup. Yep. Yeah, it's like Tinder. Yep. Just all to the right. Slide them all to the right, and then see whatever shows up. Oh, um, next thing you know, you week later you got like quartz geodes and books and languages you don't even speak showing up. Like, how did I get here? Uh, I, I do. I should have done online shopping today. The problem with online shopping for me is the problem I have with regular shopping. I go out and I see stuff that I want for myself and then I just buy it. I didn't buy anything for anyone other than myself. It's important to give them the old one for me, one for you. One for me, one for you. (laughs) It's like entourage. Um, So yeah, Cyber Monday. Um, I will say that was about as lighthearted as I'm going to get about that because this next segment is a little bit dark just for a second. Uh, If any of you folks, well, not not in that way. I know you like darkness, but uh, this is a little bit more uh, real, I suppose. Uh, Early this morning, I woke up and got a text alert about an active shooter at Ohio State University. Uh, Do you get those because you work at the college? I get or those. You just got a friend who's like really. I get those because I follow. I, I get NPR notifications. Oh, okay. So it was an NPR thing this morning. Oh, okay. I um, thought you meant like a text. Like somebody sent you a text like, "Hey." Man. No, but when you work in the school system, those kind of things do make the rounds right. very quickly. Mm-hmm. Like we were discussing it this morning mm-hmm. in class. Like the kids knew about it first period. Mm-hmm. Uh, the information that came out did change today. The, the the idea that people thought this morning was there was an active shooter on campus. Mm-hmm. What really happened is an 18 year old unnamed gentleman. He is named, but not going to. Name him uh ran his car up onto a curb jumped out and stabbed some bystanders with a butcher knife which is the most uncomfortable and intimate hit and run i've ever heard of like really unsettling with a butcher knife with a butcher knife so he like he, he just jumped out just of the came car out, popped oh. the trunk and started slicing butcher knives are heavy too that's like solid <sighs> okay well you're like you look like a lumberjack. It's okay, I'm talking it's about just the a butcher meat. knife, just in the kitchen. I'm saying weapon of choice. That's, that's this was. <laughs> are you thinking of a meat cleaver? A meat cleaver. Is that what I'm thinking of? A meat cleaver, like the big square heavy thing. Yeah, that's, that's what a, that's meat, a meat, cleaver. meat cleaver. What's a butcher knife? Just like it's a regular knife. knife. Like a uh, Michael Myers style knife. Like yeah, horror movie. Yeah, I'll show you. Got a butcher knife in the kitchen. that's fine. This was. This is always upsetting to me, although. The, all the stories I keep reading about it today are just like, well, another terrible like mm-hmm. event on a school in our country. Like, what do we do about the violence in our country? Um, 
Kev, what are your thoughts? You, where do you feel right right now? This is the year we've had. We had forty five school shootings that have happened in oh twenty sixteen this year so far. Um, it's interesting to me because I have, I have a lot of feelings about it, and they're very complex and maybe conflicting in mm-hmm. some areas, yeah, which is sure. an interesting place to be in. But I think it's the right place to be. I, in, well, I in a complex thing like this, I think if you're being intellectually honest with yourself, you're gonna have some conflicting thoughts mm-hmm. about things. Yeah. Um. I mean, number one, you know, violent crime is is down. Yeah. Is down where and it's been trending down since like 1994. Mm-hmm. We've never lived in a safer time. We've never lived in a less violent time. But I mean, you can't argue with like these mass shootings. That's a really troubling thing to me. The uptick in specifically mass shootings. Mm-hmm. It's such like um, it's such a deviant crime. It's so outside the norm. Yeah. You know, it's one thing if somebody goes out and they shoot a person or two, or they shoot like an estranged lover or family member or somebody they've got a beef with. That's one thing. But like these people going out and mass killing strangers. Yeah. You wonder what the answer is for that, especially as society as a whole seems to be trending downward in violence, mm-hmm. but the attention paid to violence starts trending up. Right. And so I think what you see with a lot of these school shootings is they're a product of more intense coverage on, you know, these more fantastical and gory crimes. And the crazier you can make the crime, the more coverage people tend to get. Mm-hmm. So I think that makes those outliers who aren't trending down in violence with the rest of us mm-hmm. more likely to lash out in a more public way. But also it comes back to that old chestnut we always trot out about we're so much more exposed to everything now. You know mm. what I mean? Like, I would talk about the child kidnappings, you know. Back in the day, in the 60s, if some kid got snatched up in Iowa, you're not going to hear about it here in Utica. But nowadays, if somebody gets kidnapped like that or something happens because of the interconnectivity of the world right. we live in and technology, you hear about all the stuff, so it seems like it's happening more. I, I do... Right. I do feel like we have a problem with guns in this country. I know that we've gotten, I've gotten flack personally on Facebook for our stance on, my stance particularly on saying that we have too many guns in this country. I know, I'm such a jerk for saying we have too many guns in this country. But it's true. We have more guns than everybody else. And more guns leads to more gun violence. It's very, very simple. We have six times more uh, gun-related homicides in this country than they do in Canada. Seven times more than they do in Sweden. And 16 times more than they do in Germany. Well, so. I was watching like I was watching this small thing about how we handle drinking mm-hmm. because we can only buy it at a certain time, we can only mm. start drinking at a certain time, at a certain age, and it's like the more restrictions that you have towards sure. something and the more you tell someone that they can't have something, the more they want to use it and the more right. they want to find mm-hmm. the wrong ways to use it mm. and get attention for it. So I think that's our issue too. I've I've talked about it a lot. You know, we've talked about guns a couple different times, and a lot of times it's when stuff like this happens. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're seventy five episodes in, and this has happened a lot. Mm-hmm. Which you know goes to say something. I'm not an anti gun person in the sense that I have tons of family who hunt and own guns, sure. like guns. Some are military guys. You know, they should all have guns. This and that. But I think you know when you look at it, you you'll hear an argument from a lot of the gun people who will be like, well, you know. Cars don't kill people. Bad drivers kill people. You know what I mean? Why don't we outlaw cars, too, if we're going to outlaw guns? Here's the thing. If you're going to... I would love if we would treat guns like cars in this country. If you want to drive a car, you have to go. You have to wait till you're a certain age. You have to take a test. You have to re-up on that test. You have to register with the state. Every single car you have has to have insurance. You have restrictions. It's heavily regulated, policed, and enforced. By all means, Second Amendment people, if you want to treat guns like that, I think that's a talking point. It's not that I don't want people to have the guns, but there has to be a little bit better way to study and do research and not have every type of scientific research put into, you know, guns and how they affect America lobbied out to hell by the NRA. It's gross. Grosses me out. Had it. Yeah. uh, It's icky. Uh, and also, my argument for that is uh, is the same thing that Helton Brown says about kitchen appliances, right? Mm-hmm. 
A car is a multitask device. Car is meant for many things. It is it dangerous? Yeah, that's a side effect, but it also is a transportation device. Oh. A gun is a unitasker. A gun is meant to do one thing, right? And that's mm-hmm. what people use it for. There's yeah. no other. You don't put a gun as a. You don't use a gun as a paperweight unless you're like a total badass. That's something different, I suppose. <laughs> but it's a it's a single a single unitask item meant for one thing to kill people, and we have more than anyone else in the world does. So just something to keep in mind. Uh, let's move on. I've got a tinfoil hat thing for you about that uh, that Ohio State thing. Yeah. Off the area. Tinfoil hat thing. Tinfoil. We'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about something a little bit better to get off uh, okay. to get off this. And I'm not going to go too far into it because uh, you can go to NPR and read the article. But Utica, New York, uh, made the news this week. Uh, NPR uh, uh, author was Brian Mann. NPR did an article about Utica being one of the more refugee friendly cities in the country. Did a really really nice uh, interview with uh, with Mayor Palmieri and. Um, some local refugee Sudanese kids. Really, really excellent article. I'm not going to pick it apart. Go to NPR.com. Type in NPR Utica. It's the first thing that shows up. But it's uh, it was nice to be reminded that Utica sort of lives in a little bit of a bubble sometimes. We are a pretty progressive city. We have people on both sides of the arguments more often than not. And we have been very friendly to refugees uh, in our history, so it may be nice to see you get a little bit of for a long for that. time through our history. Yeah. I mean, you look at uh, you remember we went to school at the times and all the Bosnian people were coming over here, mm-hmm. and now you look at by the way, um, food for thought. The majority of Bosnian, the overwhelming majority of Bosnian immigrants are all practicing Muslims. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Islam is the major religion of Bosnia, and you know, goddamn those those Muslims for fixing <laughs> know, up the right? parts of East Utica that nobody wanted and rebuilding old buildings and. I mean, immigrants have made so many contributions to this community. It's awesome that we get recognition for it in a time when a lot of people are um, sort of in a panic about immigrants and refugees and things like that. So good for us. A little pat on the back. A little pat. Uh, Also, there is an interesting benefit coming up. I do want to point this out real quick since it's sort of in the same line. Uh, If you're interested uh, in showing support for the uh, people of Standing Rock, um, there is an event at the Dev on Saturday, uh, the 3rd. Uh, Comfy, Figments, Substance, uh, Thomas D are all going to be playing that night. All the benefits are going uh, to support for the stand up for the people of Standing Rock. Uh, go to the Dev, uh, check it out if you're if you're go to the looking. Dev all time. Go always go to the Dev. Dev is great. Love the Dev. Um, there is one more thing I want to talk to you guys about. Uh, we didn't talk about it after the election because I was caught in my existential crisis. You you guys are familiar with Brexit, right? Like what happened? Where? Yes. Yeah. All right. Have you got? Are you familiar with the Cal exit? No. Have you read about this? It's okay. So the idea, they want it to be a movement, but in reality, it's mostly a hashtag. The idea is that California... It's just like a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> California is is doing the liberal Texas thing and basically gauging to see if it could become its own state. Now, I don't think this is really going to happen. <laughs> I think it's just a lot of mad liberals, and I get it. But I guess what my question is, if California, theoretically, was its own country... Would you move to California, the country? Would you be interested in living in California, the country? I would. Yeah? yeah. You into it? Yeah, I've never been to California, but I don't know. California's lovely. Um, if it was a country, I wouldn't want to live there. See, I would live Couldn't in the... Couldn't do it. No? No. Why? The independent nation, Republic of California? Because I'm not trying to renounce my citizenship to the most powerful country on the planet to move into a little <laughs> tiny nation state that shares a border <laughs> that that most powerful country is very pissed off at. Very it probably has rebels living in there. and also mm. No, that seems like... And also, they're going to drop off into the ocean from an earthquake one of these days. That's inevitable. <laughs> very that true. seems like a lot of problems. Like, I have a decent life going. I don't know. I don't even... 
the country of California. What, That's fair. I would say New York, but was there any state that you would take a, take a gamble on as their own independent country? In no. fact, Texas has been saying it for a long time, although I'm not interested. Uh-uh. Nope. I can get behind New York. No, I can, no. I can get not. behind New York. Maybe. Not. Our borders are a mess. <laughs> It'd be terrible. <laughs> We've got the I ninety. I don't know how you regulate that. No, because you know what? I'm gonna uh, public service monster to the people of America. This country is only great with all of us here. And if anybody leaves, they cannot make it on our own. But together, we can do something special. Drop the shit. Let's be Americans. Oh, <laughs> that was intense. Um, true though. Who's gonna secede? Jersey? Oh. Stop. Oh, and we did. Okay. <laughs> I wish Florida if Florida would secede I would support that no I would not live there but Florida's basically a third world country as it is (laughs) Florida's gotta go this is like what I said during the election just quadrants I'm gonna live in the northeast quadrant can we flex it now can we just like flex it like get Florida out of here that's a pretty catchy slogan flex flex it it. yeah flex it uh, I'm just saying. Um, I'm not saying anything. Why not? You, are you a big, what would you, you say if you were? No, my my brother is there, and I love. Is he him. born there? No. We can take him back. He can come back. He will never come back. Does he love Florida? Is he, he a mark for Florida? He doesn't have to come back. He can go somewhere else. We're keeping California. <laughs> he can go out there. Shout out to Pat, our buddy. We still love you, but you know, Pat would come back if we kicked him out. If they kicked Florida out. It's like oh, that Bugs Bunny man. cartoon, right? Where he chop- he would come back, but his wife wouldn't come back. His wife is Cuban. Uh, his true. wife is never leaving South Florida. Yo. I don't blame her. She, I remember she came up here to visit one time for Christmas, like when she first came up to like meet the boys in oh, our buddy's no. homeland. And there was like two, it was a snowstorm a couple days after Christmas. There was like a foot of snow on the ground. She was not impressed with the proceedings. <laughs> no, We're on the deck at like it. Nail Creek, and she's just like, <laughs> we didn't and you me. tolerate this? <laughs> Speaking of Cuba, we didn't talk about it. So Castro died this week. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk about it at all. I bet if you had polled the audience, it would have been 50-50 people thinking Castro had already died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a fair point. See, that's a perfect example. He didn't go out on top. He waited too long. And was, <laughs> he waited too like, long. Relations with Cuba are already normalized, and now he's dead. Post-hype passing See? from Mr. Post-hype C- Castro. <laughs> Post-hype Castro. Uh, I will say, uh, I'll just leave it at this. Of all the places that I'd like to visit in, in this beautiful world... Cuba's in my top five. Better hurry, up and, better hurry up and get there before we yeah. gentrify it and make it a resort. It's true. It's true. Uh, let's take a quick break. Uh, we are going to go to this week's interview, and it's a, it's a longer interview. had a very, very nice conversation. Uh, you may know her from the Observer Dispatch. Uh, you may also have seen her in our Go Vote Utica video we did for Maiden Utica. She is the web and general assignment reporter for the Observer Dispatch. Her name is Carrie Bostick. She's a really, really eccentric, wonderful, smart, interesting individual, and, uh, and we had a really nice conversation. So let's take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. Every day. <laughs> well, I had a question yeah. about that too. We're okay. going to get to that in a little bit. Sure. But I'm, I'm going to hold that one off. That is okay. an interesting point I want to make. And I, mm-hmm. I, I saw your article uh, about fake news. Uh, yes. Yeah. It seems like, and reading it, and I, again, I'm a professional, so I right. read it as right. to the full extent of reading it. Right. Um, you know, people always say, you know, newspapers are dying. Maybe you guys should go in 
to fake news. This seems to be the wave of the future. <laughs> if oh I'm gosh, reading your I article correctly. <laughs> um, I think it's basically, I think we kind of need to do a bit of a purge or at least mm. look closer at what we're um, trying for and, and try to actually analyze yeah. the source. I know a lot of people don't think that they have time to analyze the source, but mm. I really pays off in the long run if it's something that's making you unnaturally angry yeah it's probably fake that's a good indicator that this is not true (laughs) the the thing that makes me uh the thing that i question sometimes Mm -hmm. is basically how do i know that the source i'm checking is right right Right? like you like oh well i checked it on politifact it's like well how do you know that they're telling the truth it's like then you start to get paranoid i think that's at least for me (laughs) i'm like cynical and paranoid in general as a human being maybe that's just me uh but Carrie Bostic, I want to thank you for coming to do uh, our show this week. It's very nice of you on a Sunday yes. snow morning. <laughs> I know, right? I didn't. I, when I invited you to come do the show, I did not know it would be like this the Sunday morning. <laughs> so I want to apologize early on. I'm well, very sorry about. You're that. not the weatherman, and uh, it's hard to have control unless you're Storm from X Men. So that's true. I am not the weatherman. It would be tight to be Storm from X Men or yeah. Nicolas Cage in the movie. The Weatherman. Oh, dear. <laughs> I have a strong aversion to Nicolas Cage. I'm As sorry, of, but... Ugh. I don't think you're alone. <laughs> I think most of the general public has a strong aversion yeah. to Nicolas Cage. Although I will say, I there are a few things in the planet that I like more than a really, a really bad movie. <laughs> and particularly a bad movie that a lot of time and effort and money got put into. Right. So, Nicolas Cage... Those big box office flops. Yeah, your your Con Airs and Face Offs and Ghost Riders and Wicker Man of the World. Like, those movies are hilariously terrible, and I I appreciate that from Nicolas Cage. I'll I'll say that. Uh, Carrie, you are the Web and General Assignment Reporter at the Observer Dispatch. Is that correct? I am indeed. That was the direct byline from your Facebook page. Uh, (laughs) And uh, I didn't actually meet you during the Go uh, Go Vote Utica video Mm -hmm. that you took part in for uh, for Maiden Utica, but I did watch your video. Excellent work. Did you have a nice time at the studios? I had a blast. Um, I got a half moon for breakfast, uh, hung out with some people that were very lovely. Uh, And uh, one of whom I've been friends with for years on Facebook and Twitter mm. and had never actually met her face-to-face, so that was great. Uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a Maiden Utica classic where yeah. people are like, I know that person from Facebook. Right, and we're very close on social media, but we had actually never <laughs> been, hello, how are you? Nice to meet you. <laughs> uh, a, lot, a lot of my life on this show is that. It's like people I sort of am familiar right. with. Um, so let's get, into, let's get into your story a little bit. Sure. Um, Based on the research I did as a Capital P professional journalist, uh, I did. Uh, you were born in Clayville. Um, I was actually born in Utica, but mm. I did uh, lived here for two years, and then we moved to Chadwick's. Ah, Chadwick's. Um, yes. Where my brother and sister, who are twins, mm. uh, they came into the family at that point. So you're not a twin. I am not a twin. Because your brother and sister. I am the older twin. sister. Interesting. Um, Interesting. And then we moved to Clayville when I was about five. Mm. And kind of took over, was running with the neighborhood boys Mm. who were a few years older. Yeah. And uh, going on adventures that way. So that was interesting. I did my research on Clayville, by the way. Oh, yes. Since its its inception in 1887, Mm -hmm. there's never been more than a thousand people living in Clayville at one time. It's small. What's that Um, like? (laughs) Um, It's funny because you don't actually wind up knowing everyone. Right. Um, Which you would assume so with a... You've got a population under 500, I think, for the entire time that I was living there. Um, But you just, you spend a lot of time imagining sword fights and exciting things when you grow up in a a little place like that. Um, We have the park. 
We do have Clay Manor. So Clay Manor, Henry yeah. Clay. Henry Clay. <laughs> the famous orator came through once upon a time and gave a speech at Clay Manor and forever after it was Clay Manor. So <laughs> uh, how long uh, you went to school in Sequoia for high school? Like middle school, I high did. school? Yep. Elementary yeah, and up. Uh, yep. Mm. Is that like this? I don't know how the school districts work. Is that how that works? Like if you go to Clayville, do you go to Sequoia schools? Or yes. You, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, back, back once in the day, uh, Clayville actually had its own stuff. I think there was a movie theater at one point. Yeah. Um, w- there was prosperous stuff happening, and then we uh, fell on harder times, and everybody sure. consolidated. So Chadwick's and Clayville started going to Sequoia. I don't know much about Sequoia. I did. Okay. I briefly lived. My parents were divorced as a kid, mm-hmm. and my dad had an apartment up on Paris Hill Road. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Sequoia, which I liked, okay. uh, but I didn't spend much time like yeah. hanging around in Sequoia. So mm-hmm. all I really knew was that you guys were really good at cross country in high school, <laughs> yeah. like, the best cross country team, <laughs> uh, and that Orchard Hall is haunted and you shouldn't go there. Well, if you talk to the owners of Orchard Hall, they actually uh, they really don't like what this whole legend of the ghost. Really, has they're not done. fans. No, they're not. Um, I tried to interview them for a story <laughs> once upon a time, and they were not. They were not into it, so it's something a local legend that people like to uh, dust off. Yeah, it's they, one of my favorites. <laughs> they don't, they don't like it very much, though. <laughs> we played, a, I played a show one time when I was mm-hmm. back in the day when we were in bands at Orchard Hall. I don't remember okay. what we played. We were like some, we were like at a corner for yeah. a benefit. I think like, my brother actually performed there. The other oh night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that that we did like spend our time after the show, sort of lurking mm-hmm. around to see if we could find anything creepy. Uh, yeah. What was your? What were you like in high school? What was your life like? Like, how do you? Um, were you were you a prep? Were you a nerd? Oh no, um, I was an absolute nerd. I nerd, got, good. I was a uh, the the girl who was voted a brainiest, brainiest, <laughs> and good. most accident prone. So that's pretty much still true to this day. Those are not mutually <laughs> exclusive. No, but I feel like <laughs> the people who win them probably are in the running for the other. I don't yeah, know I mean, I I think I I clinched the uh, accident prone when I had a fainting spell on senior trip and mm. uh we went to two different amusement parks in virginia and uh, oh virginia uh, did you go to Vir- one was like uh king's dominion king's dominion and then i yes and then the other one that's close by uh paramount park yeah <laughs> probably yeah it's surprisingly fun <laughs> I, I got i went there once out of nowhere it, was it a good time. is and we were four people away from getting on this awesome roller coaster yeah. i love roller coasters but i'm also like heat sensitive so yeah, yeah. standing for hours and lines I it hit me and I wound up fainting and then everyone that I had been with in a group did not want to go on that roller coaster because for them that was jinx <laughs> so then all I heard about the rest of the day was how awesome that ride was <laughs> were you doing uh, musical theater at all back then were you doing drama club um I I actually started doing theater when I was like 11 11 okay so um, earlier than that yeah but it was kind of sporadic uh just because my family kind of had their hands full with uh, the three of us. Yeah, for So sure. I wasn't really able to go out a whole lot. Uh, my family liked to keep me, at least. I think they, they relaxed a little bit when it came to my brother and sister. That's how it goes. But I was really close to the vest, so I couldn't really have people over. I couldn't have people over. I couldn't really go out unless it was an activity that was scheduled, so... I was the youngest, so I got away with murder. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm so jealous of that. Yeah, I'm like, it's, the whole time. It's reality. It's a real thing. So I would, just, I would just hole up, um, write a lot. Mm. Um, I'd do, like, a little bit of music here and there, and then I uh, would just read voraciously. Yeah. Big so, reader? Oh, yeah. yeah good. Oh, yeah. We'll get ready to get that in just a minute. <laughs> sure. uh, so, college, you went to Siena. The Saints. You're one of the Saints. I did. I am a Saint. What uh, What did you go for? I actually went for literature. Literature. So you um, always had this connection to, like... 
writing, reading, right. literature, journalism, whatever you want to call it. It's yeah. kind of an amorphous uh, <laughs> concept, but... Yeah, yeah. Uh, my dad actually was a journalist, um, and yeah. then he wound up going into teaching uh, mostly English and history. Mm. Um, but he used to give me, like, the top 100 book lists over the summer, because yeah. I'd be bored. I would run through all the, the books that I had any interest in at the library in mm. Clayville, and then I would have nothing to do. Right. So I would actually just go and hit up all those books. Uh, so, yeah, and then uh, I still remember, like, I don't know, I was always fascinated by journalism. I've been mm. looking at headlines since I was a kindergartner. Yeah, I was yeah. always curious, because it was one of those professions that uh, he had left many years earlier. It's a romantic profession. It is. Yeah. It's an idealized profession. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I would always hear these stories about, oh, this, you know, in the newsroom when I was there, um, because he moved around a lot in uh, New England, and actually in this area, he worked at Little Falls and the OD, so... Mm. Just for a couple of years here and there, but still really kind of interesting to fall into it as a second generation reporter. Sure. Uh, so, what was your time at Seattle like? Did you did you enjoy taking classes there? Do you feel like it was beneficial for you? Um, I think uh, my my social studies teacher, Mr. Gunther from Sequoia, mm-hmm. um, he put it really well. It's one of those schools that um, it's not Ivy League; it's a private school, um, but they'll train you up like you're going to more of an Ivy League school. So if yeah. you have the okay. intention, if you have the uh, perseverance, you really can get the best education. I actually uh, did study abroad. I went to Greece mm-hmm. for a semester. That turned out to be um, during the 2008 mm. riots. Yeah, yeah, I was so, about that. Yeah, what was that um, like? <laughs> uh, that was quite different. And this is the thing. I was a big activist back in the day. Sure. Um, so I went to... Columbus, Georgia, to protest the School of the Americas um, when I was, like, I think 1920. Um, we went with a priest because it's a Franciscan school. Yeah. Didn't know he was a priest, was treating that's what she says oh, on the way down God. because this is the height of the <laughs> office. And then he's, we get there, and he's like, hey, uh, by the way, um, we're gonna, I'm going to have a mass on Sunday if you want to go. I'm oh. like, what? <laughs> but it was really fascinating to see uh, thousands of people uniting for that kind mm. of cause mm. um, and trying to fight for j- social justice. And so when I went to Greece, and they have a demonstration every year that's against the U.S. Uh, mm. because we supported a military junta that was uh, bad news for them in yeah. the 70s. Yeah. So every year they march to the U.S. Embassy. And then mm. a few weeks later after that, um, the riots started after an incident with a, a shooting that a, yeah. a cop killed a kid. Yeah. Um, and they didn't... Ugh. It was the whole country went up yeah. and up for It was not the Greece story I had envisioned when I was like, oh, I'm going to ask you what Greece was like. <laughs> All right, great. Well, I got an education. I got tear gassed and uh, experienced oh, percussion bombs, which oh, I didn't man. really know what that was man, until we had to figure out what was that happening because <laughs> it was like being in a movie. You didn't really see anything poof out, but you heard it, and then it threw you back. Oh, so it was like being in an action oh, flick, but oh. you didn't know you were in an action flick. Mm. You were to sign up for. You were getting right. Like I had no idea. Uh, how did you? So you graduated Siena in two thousand and ten. Yes, absolutely. How did you? Uh, how did you initially transition from Siena to the Observer Dispatch? Well, I was working at McDonald's with a bachelor's degree. Ooh, yes, <laughs> yes. I've seen a couple of people with that story. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, but I got an interview um, at the paper for a part time penny saver job. Uh, so really, just yes, entry entry level, yeah. foot in the door. Um, and uh, Ron Johns, who is now the editor, he, he actually had worked at McDonald's, too. So mm. we had something to bond over at that interview. Yeah, yeah. 
But then two months went by. Um, so when I, I had had my interview, I think about three and a half months into being home from college. And, uh, and then I didn't hear anything for two months um, just because they had to wait for the position to open before they could offer it to me. Um, so it was kind of a tough waiting period. And I, I put in my two-week notice at McDonald's. And actually later that week, I got the call, hey... We'd love to hire you. <laughs> I like how you put the two week in before you got the call. Like, I, I can't take it anymore. I, <sighs> yeah. I, I did that at the last job. Sometimes people will tell you, you should never quit your job unless you have a right. job. I don't always subscribe to that theory. Right. I do think that sometimes if you go to work and it's toxic to you mm-hmm. on a personal or emotional level, mm-hmm. uh, at a certain point in time, it's not It's not worth the... Like, I, I used to work for an insurance company. Okay. And, and that way I used to drive up. I tell a story all the time. Listen, stick with I used to drive up every day, mm-hmm. and it was like a 45-minute drive, and I would get panic attacks. Oh, no. And I would, like, chain smoke cigarettes because I was just like, oh, my God, what am I, like, how am I possibly going to make it through, right. like, eight hours of this job, which oh, I no. hate. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it seems so silly to just quit. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going, went off on a tangent. <laughs> okay, yeah, so you quit McDonald's. Uh, you get the call. Mm-hmm. What would, do you remember what your first story was? What your first job was? Um, no. I think it was... I feel like it for Penny Saver, it was probably uh, interviewing this guy about a model clock that he made that looked Ooh. like the one in Richfield Springs. <laughs> and so it was a very much a very small story and it just kind of a oddity. So yeah, yeah, sure. that was, I think that was my first story there. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Um, you know, I, I'm always curious because I don't, uh, I remember I went to my education advisor in college and I said I don't really know what I should do mm-hmm. for my life and he was like well you like to write why don't you go to journalism school and he threw that at me really casually mm-hmm. and I was like ah <laughs> okay but I know I had so many questions about it at the time that he couldn't mm-hmm. really answer so I have a couple of these questions sure. I wanted to, I'm curious with you how much actual freedom are you allotted uh, as, a, as a writer to do your stories or are you presented stories from up top um, really not very often mm-hmm. are we presented stories from up top. Okay. Um, and I kind of have a bunch of different mm-hmm. fingers and different pies, so yeah. I kind of am going in a few directions anyway. Okay. But really, you're generating your own content. Okay. Um, if at a later date that doesn't seem to be panning out in such a way, either you or your editor could say, hey, um, maybe put that on the back burner and try to find something else uh, just mm-hmm. because it doesn't look like it's either uh, the right time for that piece or maybe it needs more tweaking. Sure. Um, find a different way to approach it. Uh, maybe a source fell through and that's mm-hmm. a critical source. Mm-hmm. So really, whatever you find that strikes your fancy. Okay. Do you have like a quota per week for what you're supposed to do? I'm always curious. Like, um, We kind of do. I'm kind of in an odd position because I actually run the website and sure. cover breaking news right. as well. So throughout the day, if somebody gets arrested, I'm pretty much the person to write it up um, unless I have other stuff going on with interviews that's taking me out of the office and uh, so there's just it's a it's a wide breadth of stuff (laughs) that they're throwing at you day to day Um, so you have a similar situation to me in this scenario Uh, I have a personal Facebook page and I use it almost primarily for work or podcast related (laughs) stuff I noticed you have a similar situation yeah do you feel like you have to have a disconnect a little bit between your personal life and the public persona you present when you're at work um I don't know I've kind of always been an open book Mm -hmm. um so unless somebody creepy needs to be blocked or anything and that really hasn't come up um I don't really have a problem I don't have anything that Mm. I think is untoward or 
um, probably needs to be mitigated. So I don't I don't see a difference okay. uh, in really. I am both public and private, and sure. people will no no matter even if I had a public Facebook account, mm. I am absolutely certain that people would still hit me up on my private Facebook account mm. for stories at two o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, which inevitably <laughs> does happen. Uh, in a town this size, one of the things I've mm-hmm. noticed with Maiden Utica stuff, at least, uh, when we go to cover events or if we get press stuff to do events, you generally run into the same people because yeah. it's the same local media outlets. There's only so many people right. outlets out here. What's your uh, what's your connection been like with other local media? Have you been has it been positive? Has it been negative? I, I feel like in general it's almost person to person who I meet. It's yeah. like, uh, but I feel like there's pretty all things considered, there is a pretty mm-hmm. good communication between the different media outlets. At least from my opinion, I'm curious if it's the same for you. Absolutely. Um, I actually just spoke at uh, Don Shipman's journalism class the Don other Shipman, week. Don Shipman, yeah, he's a good guy. And uh, and that was great, and we've done that. I've come into his classes before, um, and it's really fun because then it's you're both coming from slightly different media yeah. background, but we're working as a team to educate mm. these kids that uh, just to fill them yeah. with a little bit more knowledge of how things actually work and how you should be looking at stories and how you should be looking at problems of... Uh, how to cover something that's trending in a larger scale. Well, the only reason I bring it up is one of the first people to reach out to us when we started the mm-hmm. show was uh, someone from the OD. It was Phil Vano. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, and Phil's a really good guy, and I appreciated that, but it was I always thought it was interesting at the time. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm curious why this person would want to cover <laughs> somebody who theoretically is competition, quote-unquote, I guess. Like, I don't know how that... I don't know how the view is for stuff like that mm-hmm. between media companies, but... Uh, but I love Phil's work, and yeah. uh, I love the work that you've done. I love the work that uh, Alexander Geralt does oh, as well. Yes. <laughs> he's, he's, I always end up like reading OD articles, and I mm-hmm. notice I keep falling back. And I'm like, who wrote this? Oh, right, right I know. <laughs> I know. What's your like? How, how connected are you to the other writers? Uh, um, well, we're kind of professional eavesdroppers with whatever everyone's working on. We're sure. all, where there are no divisive offices or anything, so you know what everyone is working on pretty much all the time. It's mm-hmm. very rare when. A story comes out and you haven't heard of anybody working on it and we were very uh i think helpful we we like to help bounce ideas off one another if you're not really sure yeah. of uh how to fill in an official gap for something uh you'll go to somebody who maybe is at mm-hmm. overlapping uh encounters with that sector and be like hey who should i reach out to here mm-hmm. uh, what agency would be this and uh it's it's really helpful, and then you get to know a little bit about how people other people work as well. Uh, you mentioned before that you've been writing for a long time, even before you got this job. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, in your opinion, what would you say your uh, greatest strength and greatest weakness is as a writer? Hmm. Um. Well, when I don't have a deadline, yes, <laughs> it's a lot harder to finish. <laughs> Do you, have, um, do you have an unfinished novel floating around? Because I know most writers I have a do. lot of unfinished things. Good, um, I'll good. start stories all the time and uh, not finish them. But that's why usually nowadays um, I tend to kind of stick towards just if I'm doing it for myself, mm. um, poetry, uh, short story. Uh, I do music as well. Sure, so yep. something that, because I'm, I'm, I'm a moody person, so I want to be able to finish something in the same consistent way. Right. Right, okay. um, and I, I worry that coming back to something, I'll, I'll be in a different mood and it'll take a tone shift that I won't like. So, okay. <laughs> uh, I have to ask, and mm-hmm. we don't have to stay on it very long. 
We just recently got away from the elections. Mm-hmm. Can you can you tell me what that experience was like being on the coverage side of having to deal with election stuff? Was it a downer this year? It seems like everyone <laughs> felt like it was a downer this year. Um, it was, but it was also interesting um, just to see how things played out. Um, you saw a lot of people sharing things on social media sure. that maybe, uh, maybe it wasn't a reputable source. And I think with yeah. that and with the the whole fallout from the election uh, where everybody is mad at one another, Mm. neighbors are fighting over um, big political issues that kind of touch them either in a personal way, um, but they're, they're not seeing each other. Not, they're not able to look across the table and shake hands. Mm. Um, So it's kind of turned into, I read this interesting article right after the election Mm. where it was showing side by side a comparison of, the red Facebook page yeah. versus the blue Facebook page. And they're covering the same stories. Mm. Um, and it was kind of the the fake news uh, yeah. <laughs> formatting. And you're actually seeing what your neighbors are seeing. So you're, you're understanding a little bit more why they're upset. Maybe they can understand why you're upset. Yeah. Um, but really, it's always somewhere in between. I thought it was <laughs> fascinating that the Facebook, like the, the Facebook people, owners, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, come out and say, well, you know, we're not really, like, responsible for what people post on their pages. But right. they immediately, like, have a They changed like, it. Yeah, they changed yes. it. They were, they were, so well. he came out and said, uh, we do not do this. Yeah, we, yeah. we didn't influence the election. Yeah. We didn't influence anybody's yeah. choices. And then, like, the day after, yeah. they decided to go in and make it so mm-hmm. that they were cracking down on fake news, which is great, which I'd rather have that outcome I say it all the time, and I, I don't know if people are sick of hearing me say it or if they're just tired. I've said it so many times. <laughs> the internet as a concept is still relatively new. It's mm-hmm. still only about 30 years old, I guess. Right. Maybe not even. We have still not totally figured out as a society what to do with right. this thing that was presented to us. We we turned it on we turned it on and then we went all the way <laughs> into like full speed. Absolutely. And I think we sort of need to like, wait a minute. We went too far, too fast. We need to sort mm-hmm. of relax a little bit. But that's never going to happen now because as Americans, we don't like <laughs> having things that we once had taken right. away from us, even if right. we only had it for a short amount of time, right? I don't know. That's, that's another story. <laughs> um, you, uh, you said, as you mentioned, you have a long history uh, of journalism in your background with your father. Mm-hmm. Uh, so besides your father, though, who were your early influences in terms of journalism? Like any writers or mm-hmm. writing that spoke to you initially? Uh I always was a big fan of the opinion page. Uh, opinion page. Yeah. Not so, bad, yeah. Um, I still remember I wrote a letter to the editor once upon a time. I think uh, when Iran was having a rough patch with their mm-hmm. elections, and um, I read a Charles Krauthammer article that really fired me up, and I was really upset. And uh, he's a very conservative writer, and he was basically saying that we should go in and invade Iran and mm-hmm. sort out the country, sort out their elections. And uh, I think I was still in college. I had like a year or something to go. And I wrote this very impassioned letter and uh, basically was just like, if we do that, um, then they should have done that to us during the 2000 elections Mm. when we had everything up in turmoil. Nobody knew who was going to wind up being president. Mm. And it was just very confusing. Mm. So if you're saying that we should do this now, then we should have been invaded in 2000. (laughs) And and then where would we be now? So, <laughs> think twice before you invade. That's what I say. Uh, I want to ask you a little about Players Utica. Sure. A few weeks back, uh, I saw, it might have been even you who posted it, uh, there was an article that 
they're this is the last year for Scrooge for yes. the players. The uh, players do that makes me very sad. Particularly, although I noticed the rest of my crew here at the show mm-hmm. didn't seem as particularly torn up because they don't have the musical theater background <laughs> that I have. So they're like, okay, mm-hmm. well, I've been, you know, okay. But I'm yeah. like, well, it's sad. It's uh, I'm supposed to be <laughs> outraged. Uh, how long have you been involved in Players Utica? Um, well, I did, uh, my first show back in the area was in 2012, and it was a joint production between Utica mm. College and Players of Utica. Okay. And it was kind of kooky, um, it was the Inspector General, it took place in Russia, but my character wanted to be French, <laughs> um, and I, at one point, had a wig, a giant wig, um, that opened up into a full mini bar that actually did have some, uh, actual bottle, it was very heavy. And I still have the scar from it because my friend got me with a glue gun. So I have literally bled for theater. <laughs> uh, what uh, what brought you into theater? Like, what was your? Um, well, I started when I was eleven. Um, we did Mame at Sequoit, and I got yeah. to be in the show with the high school kids at eleven, and it was outstanding. And I, <laughs> I had my first line, and some of the high school kids didn't have lines. So I, from the first moment, I'm like, ooh, I get to perform in public and act like an idiot and people think it's appropriate well this is the thing for me <laughs> should i assume then that you can sing um i can sing i'm actually i do sing occasionally locally uh, but i'm more of a straight theater person than a musical theater person uh, just because okay. unless it's something like avenue q i did that at players oh nice um i did rent at the capitol theater mm. unless it's something that i really really deeply know um i i want to give it 110 percent so if i i want to make sure i'm going to give you a good show (laughs) you want to bust out a quick monologue a little solo here number Um, no no no, i'm scared (laughs) i do still have i had a the last show i did at players was don't drink the water and i think i still have part of that i get hit on the head with a brick and then i think i'm both of the wright brothers simultaneously (laughs) so i and i modeled one of them after the diabetes Guy. Oh, Wilfred Brimley. Yeah, he's yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah, so in yeah. order to di- differentiate between the two voices, uh, that was interesting. <laughs> in, my, in my musical theater days, I used to, I laughed. I was basically a single threat. Okay. I could sing, but I couldn't really act, and I was a terrible dancer. So uh, they're like, all right, we'll give him a song, and then mm-hmm. give him a funny accent to cover up the fact that he can't act, oh. and then just stick him in the back when the when the, when they're dancing, and that that worked out for a few years. It was good. It was a good run. Well, accents are like my favorite thing, so yes. I'm always trying to add a new one to the repertoire. You know, it's a good one. My sister used to do stand up in New York, mm-hmm. and one of her gimmicks was uh, accents that people don't that aren't don't exist anymore. Oh no, <laughs> uh, old timey gold prospector right. is a good at, is a mm. good one to start bringing around. Like I got some gold. Pocket. Come over here. We're going to be looking by the river. Oh, yeah. See, that's a good one. Yeah. Bring that one back because that that one's not even like specific of anyone. Anyone can mm. be an old prospect. Right. Exactly. Uh, if they really want it to. If be. they want it. Carrie, <laughs> uh, they can follow uh, our listeners can follow you on Twitter at od underscore bostic. Where else can people reach out to you if they want to get a hold of you? Um, really, just at uh at my email address on the, for the paper. Uh, mm-hmm. It's cbostic with a k. At UticaOD.com. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. Uh, now that we have that out of the way, it is time for the lightning round. These are the same six questions we have been asking for the last 35, 40-odd episodes. I don't remember what number we started anymore. <laughs> um, and we'll start with the obvious one. Uh, when you wake up in the morning, since I already asked this question, when you wake up in the morning, how do you take your coffee? I don't. You don't take your coffee. I get up by sheer willpower. Sheer, like Hal Jordan, like a Green oh, Lantern. It's rough. Yeah. It's rough, but I do... No tea, nothing at all. No caffeine for you. I really only have tea uh, 
usually when I can enjoy it. So not when I'm not working. In the morning, right? Not when yeah, I yeah, actually yeah. could use it. Because yeah. I'm getting up at six o'clock. I'm not a morning person at yeah. all. Salud for you though, because honestly, it's gotten to a point where I, I really I don't even <laughs> taste coffee anymore. It's Sometimes just happening. It's just, yeah, it just happens and exists in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh Carrie, what was your first automobile? Oh dear, um, that was a Mitsubishi Lancer, and Mitsubishi it was red. Mitsubishi Lancer. It was red. Was that like a drifting car? Were you like in Tokyo Drift? You I wish. No? I really, st- I really didn't get my license till much later. <laughs> I didn't um, either, actually. I got was like twenty two. I actually got hired at the paper and then had to get my license. Oh. So really did everything a little bit backwards. But you, that's like, my style. Were you like a bike kid growing up, or did you just like? I just, just have friends I, with cars? I took it, no, because I, I didn't go anywhere. Didn't so go anywhere. I just was like, I took that as a very responsible thing when, when they told me in driver's ed when I was 16 that you have a 10% chance of, a 10% more chance of dying every time you get into a car. Mm. I was like, oh no, I have this enormous responsibility and then was intimidated by that for years. <laughs> um, see, as a man who's been in many car accidents, I just feel like at this point in time, eh, you're Iron Man. No stopping me now. <laughs> yeah, Tony Stark. Uh, so since you didn't have a car, you probably went with somebody else. But what mm. was your first concert? Oh, um, probably actually when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Peter, Paul, and Mary. Wow, Peter, Paul, and Mary. <laughs> and that was with my aunt. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, quite. Yeah. I think I tried to bring milk in a canteen. To that's how young I was. <laughs> I didn't realize that's gonna spoil. I think everyone has the aunt who likes Peter Paul and Mary. Everyone, yeah. everyone, everywhere has that one aunt who's into <laughs> Peter Paul and Mary. Uh, so give me one book, album, mm. movie, or show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. I'm actually reading a Lady Cop Makes Trouble by Amy Stewart. Lady Cop Makes Trouble. Yes. Great title. And uh, actually, it was really funny because I, I got into the first book in the series. Um, it's actually based on the first uh, female deputy mm. in the country. And uh, it's really cool. So you're going back to those times. Um, but there's actually a reporter named Carrie who spells it exactly yeah. the same way that appears in this one book. So it was kind of rad. That there way. you go. <laughs> See... I feel like most of the famous Sams tend to be women. I don't know. I don't know. I just was like, that's awesome. (laughs) I liked her as a character, and I was like, that's amazing. (laughs) Um, Let's say, I'm going to paint a picture for you. Uh, You are walking your way out to the ring in a professional wrestling match. You're the heavyweight Mm. champion. Uh, And as you make your way down down to the ring, what is the theme song playing in the background? The final countdown. By Europe, yes. A classic one. <laughs> Had to go, just arrested development on the mind. Final countdown. That's got to be that. <laughs> Europe, I'm going to write that down. Uh, and finally, besides the final countdown by Europe, uh, besides journalism, besides social activism, besides acting, uh, Carrie Bostic, give us one more thing that you are passionate about. Um, I guess uh, writing bizarre short stories. Bizarre short stories. one day my dream is to uh, try to get one into... Ellery Queen Mystery Magazine. Ellery be, uh, Queen. Yes. I'm familiar with that one. That was actually at the heart of uh, Secret Window. Okay. That was the whole crux of the matter was he had this story published okay. in Ellery Queen. Huh. Um, and that was what the dispute was all about in that movie. So, hmm. yeah. See, interesting. Yes. Very interesting. <laughs> Carrie, it's a real pleasure to meet you. I want to thank you again for coming out on this mildly crummy uh, Sunday <laughs> morning so early. Uh, it's a real pleasure talking to you. Uh, folks, we'll be back to the show in just a moment.
song is the worst. Can I? I gotta tell you, I I didn't in in my head. The reason I came up with the theme song question is always because in my head, as a wrestling guy, as a sports guy, I always think about what songs I would want to come out to. Like that was just something I've always thought about, and that was why I added it to the to the lightning round. I didn't think that doing this would lead to playing the theme song out every week, and I'm actually very much enjoying it. Yeah, I'm really, in, I'm enjoying, <laughs> enjoying this new uh, this new segment. So thank you to Carrie Bostic uh, and her choice of The Final Countdown nice. by Europe, the best band named after a geographical location, in my opinion. Okay. Well. Suck it, Chicago, and also Boston, and also Asia. Asia. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. So, guys, are you ready for a history lesson? A little history today? Yeah. All right. It's time for yesterday's history today. Hey. 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 And I, on this day, this is actually from November 28th. On this day, November 28th, 1520. We're going yeah. way back. Uh, after sailing through the dangerous straits below South America that now bear his name, Portuguese navigator Fernando Magellan entered the Pacific Ocean with three ships, becoming the first European explorer to reach the Pacific from the Atlantic. Uh, so, yeah, did you know about that? Is his name Fernando? I always thought it was Ferdinand. Ferdinand. Did I say Fernando? Ferdinand. I was thinking of the ABBA song, <laughs> Fernando. There was something I feel like in the my air. theme song should play right now. So. I love, that's actually one of my favorite karaoke <laughs> it's songs. Really that's a good, good one. Uh, yeah, Ferdinand Magellan. Um, he did not actually make it all the way around uh, around the earth. Did you guys know that? I did not know These that. These boys out here in wooden ships in the 1500s no, no. Well, just the, going across the uh, Pacific. The ships made it. He died. Yeah. He died beforehand. Uh, oh. They stopped at an island. I don't remember the name of the island. I could look it up. It's in here. But he stopped at an island and was uh, decided to basically team up with the, the native people of that island because they were at war with another tribe. And during the battle with the tribe, he got shot with a poison arrow and died. I mean, if that's, if that's how you're going to go with a poison arrow, that's pretty dope. Ma- yeah, Magellan. When Magellan got to whatever the next stage is, and they said, "What happened to you?" and they were like, "Oh, I got in a car accident." What happened to you? He's like, "I was in the middle of traveling around the world in a wooden boat, and I got shot with a poison arrow." NBD, brah. Can you imagine NBD. telling Magellan at ten years old, like, "Yeah, man, so I know when you're gonna die. You know, it's gonna hmm. be this day. Oh no, what's gonna happen to me? Hmm. Well, you're gonna sail for seven months around hmm. the globe on a wooden ship, land in hmm. some remote remote islands you've never heard hmm. of, get involved in tribal hmm. gang warfare." Be shot with a poisonous dart, and it's like, are you? Like are you sweet. sure? Mm. Uh, one, one thing that's interesting about right. this: this happened on November twenty eighth, uh, fifteen twenty. It wasn't until September sixth, fifteen twenty two, that the ships actually circumvented the Earth. So it did take another almost two years oh to God. go from that location to the final. The you final. figure after they did sick of it anyway. after they did war, they probably <laughs> took some time to like recoup. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So. So give it up for Magellan, yeah. my favorite of all these. <laughs> I don't have a, I don't have a. I like him better than Columbus, certainly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Guys, I wanted to share um, a little something that happened to me this week. Oh my god! Yeah, it's personal. No. Yeah, personal story. Yeah, yeah, a little personal story about relationships. Oh my god, you had your heart broken. No, no, no. I didn't have. I did not have my heart broken. Did not have my heart broken. It's a smart jump, though. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good <laughs> foreshadowing, but no. Generally, that's usually where we're going. Yeah. I did not have my heart broken. Matter of fact, um, I'll put it this way. I was supposed to go on a date with this girl a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And at the last minute, uh, she canceled. 
Why? Didn't really get an explanation. It was sort of just like, hey, things came up. Couldn't really do it. Uh, I was already, like, sitting on the couch, so my biggest thing was like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> the couch is here, though, so I'll be all right. Are you sad? No, it's fine. Uh, but oh, he was so sad. <laughs> so sad. Uh, so what? I struck up a conversation with this with this girl a couple days ago, and we sort of uh, made plans to go get something uh, to to oh a different God. date. So secondary date. We're trying again. No. I know, terrible. We're trying again. See how it goes. But the, I got a reason for why she didn't show up for the first date. She told me, "I thought all you wanted was to have sex," quote unquote. That was why she did not show up for the date at the restaurant. You come on t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I want to have sex at the restaurant. Okay, first off, there's a lot of layers to this that need to be... Uh, Why did she feel that way, Sam, is what I think we need to know. Did you come on a little too strong? Were you a little too aggressive? Because I feel like that might be the case. <laughs> I think that after a certain amount of conversation is reached by both parties, I don't think that needed to be implied or not implied. But did you imply it? No. Okay. I never implied. Okay, She's the one who brought it up. She's the one who brought it up. So that was the first time anything like that had been oh. talked about was when she said Let's, that. let's, okay, all right. Let's, just if we're really going to dump this thing if we're out, dump I mean, this there's out, contributing factors. Really there's factors. So let's say you are having, you meet this person on an online date, right? Yes. And by the way, online dating is hot garbage. The um, worst. Listen. You like it? Are I've, you a fan? I've dabbled. I've, Are you a dabbler? I've dabbled. Mara's probably all over. She's got all those apps. She's, she's young. Can she's you into not? it. She's right on the edge. Uh, listen, I'm doing good right now, and I'm seeing somebody. Oh. Hands oh. so, off. Don't even get on it. I'm uh, good. Uh. In your face, Kevin. Oh, got him. In your <laughs> face, Kevin. Uh, I guess. No, so I'm not a big fan of the internet dating. It's been bad for it's me. It's cool, man. Anyhow. It's not for everybody. What happens, though, with the, with the online dating is you tend to have... Long conversations with these people initially, right? You have text message conversations back and forth, messages back and forth. Mm -hmm. Things were said. You use dirty emojis. I was not the first person to use the dirty emojis. He did. The dirty emojis were sent to me. I don't mean the poop one either. I mean uh, the you mean dirty. the you mean the eggplants. I mean that that's eggplants exactly and peaches. What I'm yeah, I know. I know about the emojis. I work at a high school. You know school. they're getting rid of the peach emoji, by the way, because yeah, it's too sexual. That. I just wanted to throw that out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. that's. I'm surprised that they're. R.I.P. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised that they're recognizing that, that was a thing. That they're like, yeah, this is the reason we're doing. I it. think it's been it made like pretty clear. There's like major companies using it, like marketing campaigns. <laughs> Uh, anyhow, yeah, I think fine. if you if you have a conversation about sex with somebody and both people are having a conversation about sex, mm -hmm. I don't think it needs to be implied or not implied. The date was still in place. I didn't set a date for like, oh, I'm gonna set this date for sex. You didn't say you didn't say come to my house. I didn't say come. I said let's go get something to eat. Of course, right? you, of course, you'd like to have sex with this girl. You're going on a date with her. It's a girl you're attracted to. Right. Inevitably, like that's yeah. something that may that's, come to fruition. A, okay, got it. Those but two, like we're gonna go. I'm just I'm hungry All, too. It's Wednesday. The point I'm saying is that uh, physical uh, physical desire for somebody is not mutually exclusive to a date. I could want to go get food with somebody, have a conversation, also still want to sleep with them. Right? Like, that's mm -hmm. okay. It's not a big deal. Doesn't mean I'm going to sleep with them. That's the norm. I mean, that, well, but I does that even need to be the... implied, is the question. I, I don't know what you mean. Like, what's, I don't what's, what's the defensive purpose of telling me that's the reason? 
Like, why would you tell... That's somebody projecting their own stuff onto you. Yeah. That's somebody who feels like they've been put in situations many times before where they sort of got bait and switched for just yeah. one thing. I see. So now they project that, whether fairly or unfairly, and whether mm-hmm. that's your intention or not, that's the automatic mm-hmm. defensive stance that those, okay. that, that person comes from. And I, it's not so I've much about you that. as it is about them. I've used that excuse before. Yeah. Well, it's one, a thing, because people feel like it. And sometimes if you come in, like, you're pretty decent at expressing yourself and you're having conversations... Sometimes if you come in and you can express yourself a little bit too well, it comes off like you're mm. just sort of talking, and that's through no fault of your own, but like people look at it so they automatically put that out there because they feel like they've been in that situation before. It's all just defense mechanisms that I think people develop. Mm. Interesting. Now, now this question is directly for you because you know me better than Mara at this point in time. That's true. Do you think that at this point in time, that's do you true. think that... Do you think that part of this is my reputation preceding itself from being a dog. Ooh, I was going to say that, but... Do you think it's because I... I didn't want to say I, I With already. that girl, maybe, but hadn't you slept with her already before? <laughs> That's irrelevant. <laughs> That's not relevant, neither you nor that. Sometimes it can. I mean, not everybody knows who you are, but, like, if people... It's a small well, area, that's another. That's another question. a lot of people know a lot of people. Well, that's I, another question. That's another... Oh, you heard a story Nobody about Nobody can hear the whisper. <laughs> you hear him whisper. I know, I didn't, yeah. want, I didn't want them to hear it. Uh, I heard a dirty story about Kevin this weekend. Wow. <laughs> you cast After Hours. You cast... Uh, one of these days. One of these days. Uh, no, I guess... I, all right, so here's... I'll, I'll end it at this point then. Okay, so let's say, theoretically, you did sleep with somebody before, then you didn't see each other for a long time. Do you pick up right where you left off? Do you have to start over again? You should start over. You should start over again. Yeah, I think you should. Historically, can you pick up right where well, you left off? Well, it depends off? why and how it ended. I see. I see. Depends. Hmm. Was it on a good note? Was it on a bad note? It was on a note, I suppose. How do you, what do you feel about that person now? What are your intentions? Sam. Intentions. Are they pure? And, and that, food. Are they pure? <laughs> My intentions were food. Uh, no, that's a fair point, though, and that comes from an age range thing. I don't like to harp on 30. I'm going to be 31 relatively soon. It's coming up. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm staring down the barrel. There is a certain part of me that does have to think, like, about the future, at least a little bit. Just even, like, the basis concept, like, do I like this person enough to even hang out with them, let alone spend more than, like, a week with them? You know what I oh mean? Like, my yeah. God. Wow. Men are such simple creatures. I they guess. just right now. See, women are always thinking... Like four months at least ahead. See, I try. See, I feel like I do that too much. I overthink, and then I'm in my head. Now yeah. I'm now I'm out of the game because I'm already thought of too many scenarios and too many ways in and out of different scenarios yeah. before they even that's, that's, extol their virtues. That's where I'm getting at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've thought about it too much. Yeah, yeah. Too many I'm, thoughts. Yeah, I'm past it at that point. Just gotta it's take. Just gotta take the days as they come. You gotta take them as they it's come. It's too easy to overthink. And sometimes your head definitely gets the best of you. I think everybody probably falls victim to that oh, one yeah. time or another. Because everyone's always trying to protect themselves. Yeah. yeah, I think minefield out there. I do folks. think it is. Love is a battlefield. <laughs> well, I do think that's oh, yeah? a symptom. Love is a battlefield. Yeah, it's a great one. Uh, <laughs> I like that one a lot. Uh, no, uh, I do think that we do live in sort of a generation where it's easy to not put yourself out there anymore. If you want to have a real relationship with someone, this is my only piece of advice I'll give you from a relationship standpoint. Take this from a giant relationship failure. <laughs> the best thing you can always do is just sort of um, don't, just be yourself in general. Try and put yourself, double down on you. Yes. Be you because if someone doesn't want 
the person that you are for you. Yeah. Why would you want them if you were pretending to be somebody else? Like, yes. If you're pretending to be somebody else to get a person, then you'll never be you. What's please. the point? <laughs> please, men, don't wait. Don't Please wait. Everybody. Don't wait a week. Don't wait two weeks. Please, everybody. Don't wait six months. Like I know some of you do to start showing your true colors. Just do it from the beginning. Someone's mm. gonna like you exactly the way that you are. I think that goes for both sides of the aisle. It definitely does. It definitely. Women, stop being stupid. You're gonna find. <laughs> you're gonna find someone who loves you for just the way that you are. You're not too weird, or you're. You know, you don't have to straighten your hair every day. You look fine. <laughs> they will. I promise. <laughs> And if he doesn't, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, there's your one for Don't the actually do that. I don't. Do, I mean, don't do that. Just leave. That didn't see. I see how that you could come that out the wrong way. I messed and then, up. And then guys, it's just like, hey, you want to go get some food? That's it. <laughs> yeah, just just go eat food together. Right, food. Food is always the answer. If you ever if you ever feel like you need to just, just have eat. something to eat, just eat over eat. it. Eat something with cheese on it. Yep. Fair. Melted cheese, yeah. preferably. Yes, always. Melted. Uh, all right, uh, let's let's move on. Uh, this is a story that I saw pop up in a couple different news forums today, and it was also sent to us on Twitter by our good friend Pete Forgets. Have you guys read about um, this? <laughs> it's a theme park in Japan called Space World. It sounds so cool too. Yo, Space World sounds really cool. Sounds by the awesome. way. By the way. Uh, so it's probably really cool. Space World. <laughs> Opened an ice rink, uh, and it's caused a lot of controversy because what they did is they took 5,000 fish and animals and froze them beneath the surface of the ice rink. Uh, now, it, it's important to know that these fish were dead before they were frozen in the ice. I don't understand that. That doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> so how did they get them in the perfect position then to freeze them? You know what I'm saying? Like, do they look like they're swimming around? Or is it literally just, like, a bunch well, stuck to the top of the ice ring so you can see all these dead creatures? I would creatures? assume that it's, like, taxidermy. Like, they're on pegs, I would imagine, is my thought. <laughs> I'm just assuming. Uh, I don't, sort of life-size diorama. Oh, I my don't, God. I don't understand the uproar about this. If you go to a museum, they have the animal things that are laid out that are basically just taxidermied animals. They're dead animals. That's oh. the whole point of the museum. You look at the dead animals in their environment. Look at that. What a beautiful... Look at this elf. I don't elf. trust... You don't really look at the Japanese and trust them enough to like handle the ocean with that much care. Whoa. You know, like to Whoa. go out and just pull fish. Like if you talk Whoa. about, I mean, constantly, you know, over aggressively going over all international agreements for overfishing the ocean and like basically just destroying the ocean. These people aren't going to treat the fish with that much respect <laughs> to assume that they've gone out and done what the Museum of Natural History might have done to preserve like a fake mastodon skin from whenever. That's messed up. That's fair. I don't like it. She doesn't like it. No, I don't care about what you're saying. I mean, I do care about what you're saying, but no, no, I'm I saying I don't like this whole fish thing. No, I don't it like seems it. Unsettling. I don't like it. Here's my thing about like if it's an well, ice rink, like how, can courses. you see? That's what I'm saying. I've never been to an ice rink with clear ice. Like I'll what show you. That's what I'm saying. You I'll just go like, no, trust me, they're down there. You I don't can't understand. see it. So well, you you, you can feel better now because they're going to melt the rink. I swear this is real. They're going to melt the rink. They are going um, to bury the fish, and they're going to hold a service. Damn of right. remembrance. Yes, they are. Yep. For the fish. Um, I hope it's beautiful. I hope there's flowers. They deserve it. Sam, I see the look on your face right now, and I don't like it. I, they look, should have a beautiful look, service. Look, fish. What'd you have for lunch today? Chicken. Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really perform eat. a service for that chicken? Beautiful memorial service. 
Yeah. My thing is, if you're just getting regular fish that are out there, and they're going to, like, if it's something that you fish, mm. like, if it's salmon, we kill enough salmon, you want to freeze it, it just seems gory. Like, I'm not sure why you would want to. It's like stepping all it's like over weird. dead carcasses. Yeah, I'm not a. I don't like it. Mm. Would you put an ice skating rink over a graveyard? I'm just saying, <laughs> the haunted and ice maybe, skating, yes. maybe dead. if you want to call me a species, is, that's fine. If you want to put me under the ice rink when I'm gone. <laughs> That would be that would actually be a good way to go. Just me under an ice rink, just like ah, oh you guys all skating over God. my face. Science, no. take the wheel. No, so yeah, take the wheel, science. Uh, no, I think uh, I, 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 call me a speciesist if you want, but uh, fish are the dumbest species. animals. A speciesist, right? A species. Yeah, uh, I, I think fish are lame. Fish Have are you ever seen monster fish? River monsters you're talking about? No, monster fish. I'm not familiar with monster oh fish. Oh my god. You are not going to say the same when you see I watched Blackfish. Nope. That was very sad nope. about the SeaWorld people. Nope. All right, let's... We're moving on away Sorry. from the fish. You should watch it. You're upset about the fish. I can tell you're upset. Fish um, are friends, not food. Did you not watch Nemo? I did, but then I watched Dory and I tried to forget everything I saw. I didn't like it. Was that bad? It wasn't great. Oh, shit. No. I'll worry about that. She got her presidential award. She's doing fine, Ellen DeGeneres. That movie didn't need to be a success. Let's let's move she on. She really made it. She really did. Like from somebody who was like a TV it. star from the '90s on a show that was only like moderately. Like she sort of came from out of nowhere to have this show and be like well, the she, boss of daytime television. Really, it was important that she was like the first major TV celebrity to come out mm-hmm. uh, as yeah. openly lesbian at the time. And I remember that being a very very big deal as a kid, which was a little bit like I was young. That was on ABC when you were kids. It was right. on, like uh, Well, you can give that credit to like people like staying to pay attention to maybe give you a TV deal, but like she's taking the ball and run with yeah. it and like yeah, earned sure. the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Given really the opportunity to work it out and turned into the type of thing which was uh, large enough to do that. Right. Mar, before we were uh, we're bringing back an old segment we're bringing back an old segment, just because you were saying we don't do enough segments oh, last yeah, week. Right, so right. I'm bringing back an old segment. Uh, but before we do that, you have you've been talking about doing some video stuff here on the podcast. We've been sort yeah. of pitching it, uh, and you were sort of pitched this idea to me to do a Uticast AMA, which I have changed into a Uticast AMA A because I don't want you to ask me anything. You can ask us almost anything. You can. <laughs> I don't ask, want you. You to can ask literally me. ask me anything. <laughs> so if we have any interest for people who want to do like a live video, maybe send us some questions about us to do a Uticast AMA. I want to tell you my deepest darkest secrets. Mara wants to share her secrets with. I the really world. do. I really want to get. I want to get on another level with you guys. I do. <laughs> I want to take it to the next level. I want our relationship to bloom. <laughs> That's all I want. That's all I want. Uh, I think we should gauge some interest for this. I think this is a good idea. I really do. I, I really know. I'm not. I'm not gauging his own. I'm not screwing. No, I. I love this kind of stuff. I, one of these. One of these days, someone will ask me to be an interview on their podcast, but it's yet to happen. One of these days. That's because uh, who else got the podcasts? Do we know about other local podcasts? I don't. I still don't know. Them? I'm not sure yet. Huh? Are there? I don't know. I'm not sure. Still number one. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it means. Still number one, baby. All right. So uh, you got to play us out, and we are the champions. Let's uh, let's let's, let's dominance in broadcasting. It has been a long time since uh, since we've done this segment. I am a professional journalist, but I did not take the time to look up when the last time we did it. Uh, this was an original. That would have been insane. That would have been come insane. to me with that. Stat, I like I would have, I would have thought you've never done this on the show. Oh my god. Uh, we are playing. One of our original Uticast games, we are playing a quick round of over, under. We're going to give you a topic. You are going to tell us if it is overrated or underrated. These are all... I'm going to mess this up, but okay. Nope, it's okay. There is no wrong answers in overrated, underrated. Okay. There's only arguments. Uh, and let's start with the first one. 
Number one, overrated or underrated, working from home slash that freelance lifestyle. Underrated. Underrated, says you. Yeah, right? I think that's what I mean. Well, why? What, what's your, have you done, you've done the freelance lifestyle. Yeah, I'm all about that freelance lifestyle. If I could do it all the time, all day, every day, <laughs> that's the only way I work, that would be awesome. Hire me for your <laughs> so I can do that. Uh, yeah, I'll say underrated as well. Underrated because I think that sometimes when people, people don't give enough credit to, if you mm. can find a way to diversify, you know, your income streams and like make money from a couple different things that you can do in a freelance way mm. and you can like live out your days mm-hmm. as you see fit and schedule and you're self-motivated enough to go get work. That really is. I mean, why would you ever want to go punch a clock for somebody else if you didn't have to? Fair. Underrated. And it's great and not a great opportunity for stay-at-home parents. Yeah. Yes. And it's hard work and like not everybody can do it, but like if you can, that's a yeah. nice way to go. Yeah. Uh, you have almost sold me on underrated. I'm going to stick with my overrated only based you on would. my well, I'm based on my personal experience cuz for a guy like me, when I left MetLife and I was trying to do like the podcast freelance full-time and do Maiden Utica stuff freelance, I noticed that I suffered from that lack of getting up and going someplace and doing a job for an amount of time and coming back to the house, Good right? Point, yeah. It felt like I would just push work off and all of a sudden work just over... I'd have a hard time separating when I was working and when I wasn't working, and that was always a problem for me personally. That's where I feel like the freelance lifestyle is probably overrated for someone like me. You have like to be me. disciplined. And you for sure have to be disciplined. Yeah. It depends how much you love your job, too. That's fair. That's you know fair. I mean? If you love it, then it would just feel more comfortable doing it at home anyways. Mm. It wouldn't really be a problem. Yeah. It would have to be something probably a little more task-oriented, too, yeah. as mm. opposed to, like, big-picture, broad-strokes-oriented. Sure, yeah. sure. Good point. Interesting. Something you can make, like, a daily to-do list. Interesting. If you can knock out a to-do list, you can work from anywhere. I love a to-do list. Underrated. A to-do list. You're I an animal. Love, you make to-do lists for everything. I love a list. I love to cross things off a list. It's my You're favorite. You're literally doing that right now. I am. I love to cross things <laughs> off. Have this right here. Writing. Boom. Hysterical. All right, let's move on. Uh, overrated. Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, overrated or underrated. This is a provocative one. One night stands. Uh, uh, <laughs> I think they're overrated. Overrated? Yeah. What's your argument for overrated? I think they're really glorified mm. in every kind of media that you can find. Yes. And I think people love talking yes. about how much that they have them. And then... When you actually talk to like the person and you actually like that person, they're like, "He won't call me back," or they're like, "Dude, I really liked her, and now she won't answer my calls." <laughs> one night stands are like, it's really only a one night stand if you don't remember it. You know what I Interesting. mean? Interesting. A caveat to the one night stands. There you go, and and don't do that because then there's no consent really. So don't get really hammered and have sex with someone you don't know because then you can't consent, and then you know there's a whole bunch of messes there. So don't do that. That's wrong. Fair. You actually make a fair point. I do think that the one-night stand, as portrayed in the media, is a highly glorified version of what actual one-night stands are really like. So glorified. Uh, I'm going to say underrated, though, because I'll say this. I don't know if I've ever been in a one-night stand with somebody where both parties were not very aware of what was happening. Very early on. I just, well, you have to be honest about your intentions. You got to be honest. You're an too. honest person. I'm an honest um, guy. Yeah, you do. You tell the people, and you know, adults agree to you know terms. Um, that, I'm gonna say uh, overrated. Overrated. Yeah, I'm gonna say overrated, and I'll tell you why. I'll say overrated. Like you've, you know, for for what it is, like this person's generally a stranger, and it's doing mm. something intimate with a stranger, and sometimes that will match up well for a person. I'd imagine, like you know, the first time they're with somebody, and it's great, and everybody's on the same page. 
at the end of the day, like you've got this person at your house now. Or you're at this person's yeah, house. You've seen and you know the- you're not gonna talk to each other, so like, I've got this person in my home. Now what are we gonna do? Somebody's gotta go home and it's just for all the awkward extra stuff and for all the just the random occurrences, like it doesn't seem worth the hassle. Mm. Yeah. Really, at the end of the day, you know, for as maybe long- that's being older. If you'd asked me, I was like nineteen or twenty, maybe I'd have a different yeah. opinion. But I think as everybody gets older, it seems like one of those things. Just like ah, it's just on TV. Yeah, girls, yeah, girls, girls, underrated. Yeah, girls, underrated. Other, other dudes, overrated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry, we got, I got off track there oh, for a minute. Is the, next um, one, is the next one that good? No, the next one's not as good as one night. Stand. Sorry about that. Uh, number three, uh, overrated, underrated waterbeds. Oh my god, that's really funny that you said that. Overrated. Does anybody rate them highly? They can't be overrated because nobody likes them. I love. I can't even. You know what? There's some. There's like a. Okay. So you know how cold a waterbed is? No. Okay. Can I just say he's gonna kill me? All right. So the guy that I'm seeing has a waterbed. Oh. (laughs) In 2016. Yes. And he's. I dated a guy three years ago that also had a waterbed. Wow. So this is like a deal breaker for you. You're only like. Mara's only like that. So that's if for one night stands for you, somebody comes up like, "Hey, what's up, girl? I got a waterbed." I'm like, "Waterbed." "Ah." (laughs) Yeah. Apparently, that's just. Wow. Yeah, that's no, why she feels empathy with the fish in Japan. It's all oh making so God. much sense. Oh, the water bed. You would ask me fish. a year ago. If you want, okay, <laughs> if I get you a water bed with live fish in it, will you sleep on it? Hell yeah. I mean, See if they're alive, water bed they're with... alive, we can hang out. <laughs> I can talk to them. Like, they know I'm I here wish, for them. I wish the podcast could pick up your swimming <laughs> motions that you're doing here. I'm paddling in very, the water. Very good. <laughs> paddling in my water. And uh, last but not least, this is a very long episode again this week, guys. Uh, last but not least, overrated or underrated coffee? Overrated. Underrated. Love a cup of coffee. Mm. I do too, but I think people... I think people... I think half of the people that love drinking coffee just say they like drinking coffee because it's cool to drink coffee. You're probably right. Half and I people, think at a certain level, you add so much to it between like flavorings and creams and sugars where yeah, it takes more. away from it. I really... I think coffee is underrated because... In the last probably couple of years, much like four or five years since I've started having coffee every day, people have shown me like really good, like different kinds of coffee, and I've gotten an appreciation for it. Where like back in the day, I'd just be like Dunkin' Donuts with cream oh. and sugar, and that's just oh. coffee. You know what I mean? Yes. When you're younger. So I've got like an appreciation for like the different kinds of coffee people mm-hmm. make now, and I think that's underrated. Good point. I love coffee. That being said, I think coffee has become overrated because it seems like. Everyone has their own way of doing coffee. And I ask people this as a lightning round question, and it's always the best way. I'm sick and tired of, like, my buddy Eric Tuttle. Shout out to Eric Tuttle. Talking to me how if I'm not doing pour-overs, I'm not doing coffee right. Oh, dude, you're not doing the pour-overs? I'm like, no. I just have a coffee. I miss that. What's a pour-over? Pour-over is, like, a very particular method of making your coffee. Like, there's, like, it's sort of like French press, but for, like, really, really, like, pretentious folks. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think... That we've gotten to a point now where it's just like, I kind of just want a cup of coffee. I don't want just all. Coffee. Yeah. I think we have too many options for coffee. Now there's like it's sprinkles. <laughs> too many coffee. options for coffee now. Yeah, it's weird. I do like chai tea though. Does that count? I like chai tea. Chai tea is really good. What is chai? I don't know, but it's really good. And Bite Bakery has a chai tea cake. Yes. Whew. You I love it. Well, I, I haven't had it, but it looks really good. And it's at Bite, so it's probably delicious. Shout out, to, shout out to GFOP's Jason and Doug for putting Mara on the payroll. Shutting <laughs> off. Yeah, uh, not money only, on the but side. the food is delicious. <laughs> um, 
Folks, uh, you can uh, get at us on emails at uticast at gmail.com or go to uticast.com. Check out all of our back episodes, all of our miscellaneous For the Lads episodes, and any video content we may do now or in the future. Tell us what you want to know. Yeah, yeah, reach out to us about potential Uticast AMA. Send us your messages to either, um, you know, I'll say this. Send us a mailbag question if you want. Fine. Just send us a Twitter question. Yeah, I've noticed that people would prefer to deal on Twitter. If you send us a question... Somebody on, send it emails. If no one want, sends emails. If you want to DM me secretly because you're embarrassed, mm. it's cool. Or because you have a waterbed. Or, or, water. <laughs> or if you DM have a waterbed. <laughs> you know, if you're like, Mara, this this question seems way too weird. Like, should I say it? I'm just going gonna, gonna to say yes now, but if you just want to double check, I'm here for you. <laughs> uh, do follow us on Instagram uh, at Uticast. Do follow us uh, on Twitter at Uticast, just like Com True's famous uh, musician did today when he shouted out when I sent him a picture of a pre-calculus textbook that I found at work that I thought was cool. Right. Yeah, I put it on the I put it on the Instagram. You can yeah, see it. I saw that. It's dope. It's yeah. the dopest textbook I've ever book. seen. <laughs> Shout out to dope textbooks from the 80s. Hashtag. Hashtag. <laughs>